Uh, Robert Owen's with us now. For any hobby or professional beekeeper, there's a plethora of known... There are a plethora. Is that a singular or a plural? Someone will tell me. There's a plethora of known pests and diseases that affect honeybees. Varroa mite is probably the best known here, but we also have fungal diseases and many viruses, including one called deformed wing virus. Fifty years ago, there were few such pathogens, but today bees and bee products are shipped internationally on a large scale. That's enabled diseases to spread. Dr. Robert Owen has been a beekeeper for 20 years. He did his PhD on the Varroa bee mite, and he's co-authored a book with two other scientists, Jean-Pierre Schilling and Mark Stevenson. It's called Honey Bee Pests and Diseases, a complete guide to prevention and management. Uh, send in your questions to us, 9 to rnz.co.nz or text them to 2101. Robert is with us from his home in Bangkok. Saudi car then, I think, the greeting. Am I right? Yeah, th- thanks, Catherine. I'm in Bangkok now. Pleasure to be here. Great to have you with us. Uh, so, look, bees are so vital to our environment, and we know why. Uh, they are a significant pollinator. What, re- what scale of pollination are they responsible for, typically? Depends how you calculate it. People are often give the figure about two-thirds of our food is dependent on pollination. Now, that doesn't mean that if bees disappeared altogether, there'd be no food. But a lot of the really nice foods we eat, like apples, strawberries, melons, would almost certainly disappear. We'd be left with a very interesting diet if bees were to disappear. So it's not catastrophic if they if they disappear like some people think, but it'll, it'll certainly wouldn't make worth worthwhile going to restaurants. You can forget about interesting food to eat. They're under multiple um, multiple stresses as well. This idea of colony collapse uh, disorder. There's all sorts of speculation. Everything from speculation and more. Everything from the use of certain. Um, uh, chemicals, widely used chemicals, through to even whether we might be interfering with their um, um, navigation systems and so forth. And then, of course, there is disease. What's the extent of the of the disease and the pathogens in their health? The biggest problem globally, as, as you mentioned, Catherine, is the, is the mite varroa. It only appeared on the... Uh, in Eastern Asia, somewhere around the 1950s or shortly before, it jumped species from a different type of bee. So, and in itself, it wasn't a problem, but it spread around the world, causing a small amount of harm to bees. And then in about the mid-1990s in Europe, the mite varroa picked up the virus which you mentioned, deformed wing virus. And varroa spread deformed wing virus in the same way that mosquitoes spread mal- malaria or yellow fever and so on. And it's when varroa started spreading deformed wing virus, things really got out of hand. And whereas previously, a country in a country you may lose 10% of colonies every year, in the United States, for instance, they were losing like 40, 45% of colonies every year. And it's, it's a bit worse than that. You're only losing, I'd say, 45% of colonies a year in the United States. All the feral colonies in trees and walls, which we were used to when we were ch- children growing up, they're all dead around the world. There are, there are none. The only colonies left are in beehives that, that are managed and treated with 
miticides by beekeepers. So there is there are serious concerns. So the Roa and deformed wing virus are the are the big pro- two big problems globally. So is Varroa is Varroa the vector? The mite is the vector rather than the cause directly. Yes, think of Varroa as a, like a mosquito, and it's spreading a virus called deformed deformed wing virus, mostly deformed wing virus. And you can think of deformed wing virus as being like say malaria or yellow fever that's spread by the mosquito. The Varroa in itself causes some damage to colonies, but not that significant. It's when it's picked up the virus, deformed wing virus, and deformed wing virus thrives quite happily inside the mite varroa. It doesn't appear to do any harm to it, but it's very effectively spread by it. Bees have lived with viruses for millions of years with, with very little, if little if harmful effect. They've developed very good resistance to viruses, but the, the problem occurred when Varroa came along. Well, Varroa, like the mosquito, bites into the skin of the bee, injects in an, an anticoagulant so it can suck out the food from the skin, and injects in the virus, completely bypassing the immune system in the, in the intestines of the bee. Right. And, that, and that's the problem with Varroa. There are other insects, other than mites, that are a problem for the bees as well, are there? Well, there's plenty of insects and other diseases, Catherine. Um, fortunately, you don't really see them in, or you don't see them in New Zealand. They're a concern elsewhere in the world. For instance, um, around the turn of the last century in the United Kingdom, a small mite called a tracheal mite appeared, and that that caused widespread colony losses. It turned up in the United States, I'm not sure the exact date, somewhere around 1980s, and it caused massive colony losses in the United States. So it's not in New Zealand, So, but we, we have to be very careful. When I lived in Australia, although there's very strict quarantine laws in Australia to minimise the importation of bees and bee diseases, some people I came across ble- believing their overseas queens were better than Australian ones had, sm- had smuggled in a-, a queen. I didn't approve of this whatsoever. But in smuggling in a queen, they could well have brought in diseases into Australia that weren't previously there. So there are many diseases around the world that aren't in, Aus- in New Zealand that-, that could arrive on our doorstep tomorrow. We need to be aware... And, uh, and be very alert to to what's happening. Just finally, if, are there fungi, at, fungi and bacteria as well that are either here or there's a risk of them arriving here? They are they, they are here. You've got um, the bacterial disease American fowl brood. Now, Ameri- prior to Varroa, American fowl brood was the biggest killer of colonies in the world. It's it's very difficult to manage. American fowl brood, but the New Zealand government and the beekeepers for, for a few decades now have really got on top of, man, of managing the bacterial disease American fowl brood. It's, there's very low colony losses. So it's, it's to the very high credit to New Zealand beekeepers and government support and the scientists in New Zealand that the incidence of American fowl brood is extremely low. In Australia, for instance, 
if if a colony is detected with with a bacterial disease, American foul brood, it must be killed and killed and destroyed on the spot. The colony must be burnt, the bees euthanized, and buried under say twenty centimeters of soil. It's such a serious disease. Now, the a lot of these diseases are spread by unfortunately bee, beekeepers. With American foul brood, it's quite well understood that. There's not that much incidence of the bacterial disease, American foul brood, in feral colonies in the wild, but there's a much higher prevalence in managed colonies kept by beekeepers. So it's spread by, by dirty tools, re- reusing infect, previously infected hive parts. So unfortunately, bee- beekeepers do spread these diseases. And that's, that's unfortunate. But New Zealand... Ha- is what is probably the most successful country in the world in getting on top of this disease. So, what is there, it that people are, need? What is it that people need to to know? Work through some of your um, prevention measures, or, or what? Whether you're a professional or a hobbyist, what can you do to um, give your bees the best protection, your hives the best protection? Make sure they're well fed, say, over, over winter. Don't take all the honey from them. So, you know, a commercial beekeeper will leave some honey for them to survive on over winter, or you could feed sugar to them, which isn't as, as good. But it's, it's to understand the symptoms of disease. If you, if, you know what you, if you know what you're looking for, at the first sign of disease, like American foul brood or or the fungal diseases like chalk brood, which you have there, it's, it's to take, take remedial act, action. There's a lot that can be done with honeybee diseases. Most of them aren't that serious, like the fungal disease, chalk, chalk brood. Viruses you can't do much about. They just happen to be there. There's not much you can do about those, but they're usually not that serious, apart from deformed wing, wing virus. Keeping keeping colonies healthy, keep them keep them around, say in the sunlight over winter and not damp, bees being damp, and just just keeping an eye on them. It's essential to requeen every year or two. Now, a, a new queen just a few months old in the first year is much is much healthier than a queen that's one or two or three years old. So requeening every year helps, and to get queens. From a reputable supplier of queens, I'm not sure what the price of a new queen in New Zealand is. In Australia, it's about thirty Australian dollars, and you can buy them in the post. They they ship live in the post. The post office happy to do that. I'm sure it'll be the same in New Zealand. And the the, the large reputable queen bee suppliers they go to a lot of trouble to in to work towards making their queens disease resistant. So when, when they lay female workers or, ma- or male drones, they are much more resistant than the average bee that you find in, in the wild or if you reared queens yourself. So a lot of it, um, keeping, an eye, keeping an eye on the general health, if the colony numbers disappear, if the spread of baby larva on a frame, that's looking spotty. You need to look at it more closely and try and work out why. Make sure there's plenty of food, plenty of food there over winter. It's not not in too damp an environment, say, 
particularly, particularly over, over winter. There's a lot of things beekeepers can't do. Like New Zealand beekeepers are very good, but typically colonies, mostly colonies die over winter. The whole colony dies. And in New Zealand, there's only about four or five percent colony deaths over winter with the whole hive dives. But in somewhere like the United States, it's up 20, 30 percent of colonies die every winter. So New Zealand beekeepers are doing a good job and it's a, and it's a credit to them that even the hobby beekeepers are very professional and alert. Can we talk what, about what uh, chemicals and whether they've been used sometimes to deal with pathogens? We've just mentioned oh. that chemicals are actually, uh, especially the glyphosate, I think, um, are um, prime suspects in, in harming uh, bee populations. Oh, yeah. What's been used yeah. typically chemically to try and protect bees, and is it a good idea? Are there better alternatives? Um, complicated question, Catherine. I agree chemicals in the, in the hive cause harm. We've got the simple one first. Some people might put antibiotics in, so you get... And overuse of antibiotics leads to disease, leads to resistance within the bee population, which is, which is a concern. But the, the main problem is the mite varroa. To, to manage varroa, beekeepers around the world put effectively small traces of insecticides into the colony. That's one of the main treatments. Now they put enough insecticide into the colony, to the bee colony, to kill the mite, but not enough to kill the bee. There's a fine balancing act there. The problem is that even the best intentioned beekeeper who puts ke- chemicals or miticides into the colony, even though they're not killing the bees, are causing long-term harm to the colony. You, you might get in- insecticides Tainted honey, which is a concern to us as humans, we eat it. But also, chemi- chemicals cause long-term non-lethal effects to bees. They, it impairs their navigation, so bees leave the colony and can't find their way back. It gets into this into the intestines, and the intestines of bees is key to their immune system, so they're unable to fight disease. They can't food is digested. In the intestine, so insecticides and miticides in the intestine, bees can't digest food. So there's no there's no doubt that insecticides to treat the roa is is causing long term harm to the bee population. And is one of the major problems. Robert, thank you very, very much for that expertise. Dr Robert Owen and the book is Honey Bee Pests and Diseases, a Complete Guide to Prevention and Management. It is by Robert Owen, Jean-Pierre Schilling and Mark Stevenson.